Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. All right, Vic, let's dive right into it. Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati. Some might say that this is the best matchup for wild card week team they're favored by five and a half it's been fluctuating five five and a half also the over under is at 48 and a half uh, talk about this bills team giving up 31 points to skylar thompson as my mom corrected me she said it's not skylar it's skylar anita like you know a a, a, a character out of sky star wars i was like right. okay mom whatever you say she's she's down in miami she's a big miami dolphins fan uh, but with that being said yeah. you know what what's the bills mindset right now coming up, up against I mean, come on, Joe Burrow, Skylar Thompson, um, and giving yeah. up 31 points well, to Miami. I, I Explain say, that, Vic. Yeah. yeah I would say this. Um, I, I explained it because it's football, and we've seen it every every week. It's not, you know, uh, teams that are at the top and win consistently, as the Bills are doing, um, have games where they have game, moments where they have problems and struggle. I think the Bengals uh, could not feel great about the game they played against Baltimore last week, as ugly as it gets. And, you know, it didn't, it, this dynamic Joe Burrow led offense uh, needed a big lumbering defensive end to knock a ball loose or, or you know, to, to slap it in the air right at the goal line. How, how, you know, crazy was that and return it almost the length of the field to give them a decisive touchdown. So uh, to explain it, uh, I, I don't have an explanation other than, the numbers said it all three turnovers by Buffalo, all involving Josh Allen with the, the uh, two interceptions and the fumble and two for Miami and Miami uh, had nothing to lose. They, they were playing with literal house money, um, a heavy underdog, a rookie quarterback. Uh, they walked in there and you know, the defensive scheme, and I know the dolphins fired their defensive coordinator, but tell you what, that, that stunting and blitzing and stuff that he did, uh, twisted, I think, Josh's brain into a knot because he couldn't solve that in, you know, last month, uh, and, he, and he had problems with it this time. He actually had problems with it down in Miami as well, where the Bills, you know, shot themselves in the foot the entire game and found a way to lose. Um, I think every game is a separate entity, and the same applies to this one. Yep, it's a better offense, one would think, and a bigger challenge for the Bills' defense, one would think. But the game's in Buffalo, and I think the Bills are, are still on this mission. And if you can clean up the mistakes, and they've, they've made their share, but uh, tell you what, they, they look like a team still on a roll to me, and I, I don't think they have any reason to like have trepidation. Oh, my God, Cincinnati's coming to town. What are we going to do? I think it's a great matchup, and I think for TV's sake, football's sake, it's great that these two teams get to play each other. It might end up being – the best game or best matchup of games that we're going to see in the postseason. I do believe that Um, you you mentioned uh, Josh Allen and he is having some turnover issues. It's not just interceptions. It's interceptions in the red zone, Vic. And and I feel that 
I feel like we saw a change, even though he's not on the injury report, even though we're hearing that, you know, the elbow's fine, everything's fine. I do believe, I just, I don't recall a season with Josh that we're seeing so many turnovers, whether it's interceptions or fumbles. He might fumble the ball and, and luckily, you know, a Bills player recovers it, but there's quite a few. What's your take on his, his season so far, Vic? Yeah, I... I think, Anita, it starts with, you know, the type of quarterback he is and the design of an offense that just centers around everything he can do in a big play way. Um, it is, you know, it's not a safe offense. Uh, he, he, will, he will make those dangerous downfield throws because he has the arm to do so, and he believes in that arm and that he can thread needles that other quarterbacks can't. Um, and he believes that those plays are, are the more decisive plays. So he'll challenge uh, people and, and maybe take risks that he shouldn't always take, but he, he can do it. He can get away with it, too. Um, when I say get away with it, I don't mean you know that he won't be turning it over because obviously that's happened, but turnover and, and lead to a loss is another thing. And he, he isn't a guy that gets into a funk that says, oh, my God, I'm turning the ball over a lot now. Uh, what's wrong with me? Um, he doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about that. And Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, doesn't dwell on that with him either. They still uh, have the offense that they have. It will be challenging downfield. It will look for those big plays. And and they're playing the Bengals. They're playing a team that is also, uh, when they're right, uh, making big plays and, and generating a lot of points. So they're going to, I'm sure, the Bills are going to be full throttle and it, and it probably is going to mean, you know, more turnovers. They just hope uh, that they don't cost them the game. Oh, oh, line issues as well. Um, allowing a 32% pressure rate, especially against Miami. Miami had seven sacks uh, concerned about um, Hendrickson and, and Hubbard coming in. We saw them as, as you mentioned, make the big play against the Ravens, no less. Yeah, Nita, I, I'd say if there is a concern area, there, there are a couple on the bills, but in, in order, for me, it starts right where you said it. The, the tackles, especially, uh, have not uh, played their best football, and I'm not even sure if what their best is going to be, especially with Spencer Brown. I mean, Deion Dawkins obviously played well enough to get a big contract. He's regarded as you know one of the two best linemen they have, the other being Mitch Morse, the center. But uh, they have not fared especially well uh, in their respective roles. And, and I think that's where the, the, the Bengals are going to try to, of course, exploit and, and have you know, success. Um, and I know we'll talk in a second about the secondary. You're going to ask me about that. But, but up front, as far as the offense is concerned, uh, that's where my, my big worry is. And, yes, if, uh, uh, you know, if you're looking at what, what this Bengal defense will try to get after, it's those ends winning those one-on-ones. And whatever um, you know, whatever types of scheming is also done to generate pressure. Yeah, yeah. let's let's talk about the defense against the pass, right? Without Von Mil- Von Miller, uh, who's not active right now, um, the pass rush has not been the same. 18th in pressure rate, 21st in sack rate. And when you don't have that pressure on the quarterback, it of course makes your secondary very vulnerable. And you're going up against, you're going up against Jamar Chase, who some feel is arguably one of the best, if not best wide receiver in the NFL. You're talking about a running back, uh, playing wide receiver. His yards after the catch are just ridiculous. So how, how do the bills look to contain him? 
Yeah, you know Chase and and um, T Higgins and uh, and and Tyler. Uh, you know, I, I'd say uh, you look at what they're <laughs> what they're capable of doing in a, in a passing game, and, and mainly because of the trigger man, and that being uh, you know that being Joe Burrow. I, I would say, um, yeah, uh, it, it's a concern for me as well because the secondary has has had injury issue after injury issue. And you go down the depth chart at safety and it's getting super thin there. You know, Micah Hyde gone. And then the DeMar Hamlin story, while it's the focus of a guy who, you know, whose life was saved and, uh, and, and how major and, and how terrifying the whole thing was and what a worldwide story it became. He's also a, a player that's been lost on the depth, depth chart at a position where they don't have a lot of depth. And uh, Jordan Poyer has been hurting. He didn't practice today. I'm going to guess he'll push his way into the lineup. But, you know, he's been a little less than full. I think Tredavious White is still in, in you know, as, as he said, it, a two-year process of coming back from a, a, a torn, you know, a torn ACL and, and having, um, I mean, even though it happened a year ago, but, but he, he thinks, or at least he mentioned, that it's probably two full seasons before you're, uh, you're there and, and he hasn't even played a full season this year. So um, that's, that's something else to look at. And, you know, you've got youth Kyer Elam uh, at the other corner spot. Yes. He got a first career. I mean, he got a, uh, as a rookie in his first career start, he got an interception um, and, and they Dean Marlowe uh, who was also brought aboard dur- during the season, just to be a body to fill that safety depth. He gets a pick as well. So, um, to think about that group going up against those receivers is one thing. And then you mentioned the pressure issues and, and yes, they're starting to feel uh, Von Miller's absence. He's trying to make it up in other ways. He brought a, a fake Lombardi trophy into the locker room to remind the guys what the prize is, uh, you know, being that, that somewhat of a, a cheerleader, but, but positive reinforcer of, of, of with his veteran stature and his Super Bowl rings. But that's one thing, you know, not being out there is hurt, is hurting them. And honestly, in this last game, didn't see enough pressure from others. Greg Rousseau was kind of absent. Boogie, Boogie Basham was fine, but he's out of position. He's playing that end spot because Miller isn't available. He should be inside. And then you got Shaq Lawson, who, when he plays, you know, kind of above himself, can be a factor. But he's, but he's mainly, you know, there, there's a low, pretty low ceiling there, I think. And um, so the rest of the front is, and it's going to be Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, I think, designing, scheming it up to give them pressure. It's going to be interesting to see it, how, how it all plays out. Vic Carucci, again, joining us here, uh, of course, part of the Bills broadcast team, and, uh, and, and you could hear him uh, pre and post and does all, all the things, as I like to say, all the things, has his finger on the pulse <laughs> of this Bills team uh, better than most. Vic, you rock. Always great to have you on. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Anita, my pleasure. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN Radio. I am Matthias Kiwanuka for Anita Marks and Mike Tannenbaum. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here on what is one of the toughest mornings for Giants fans. Joining us now, we have our Giants extraordinaire, Jordan Renan. Jordan, good morning. How are you doing? Kiwi, what's going on? I'm a little (laughs) tired. It was a long (laughs) night, but... uh, you know, we're up and ready to go here. It's what they call baggy day coming up. You know mm-hmm. about that. Basically, yeah, the players come in, collect all their stuff from their locker room. A lot of them get out of town by the end of the day. Uh, sort of like you do like a little quick exit interview with your coaches and maybe talk about your future or tell you what you need to work on. And everybody's off. And it'll, this, this is kind of like the last day of, covering the Giants for the for the this actual season. So uh last night obviously a disappointment for the team. Yeah, obviously. Um I haven't been through, you know, a number of those days myself. I, I get it. I understand what the, the temperament and the mood is um in the locker room. Uh, but before we get to that, you know, we, we gotta spend some time. Let's 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 take a look at this game. Um from start to finish, it just to me just didn't seem to be there. You know what? What were, what did you notice first and foremost? Let's talk about what went wrong, and then we can talk about what went right. What what were the the, the downfalls last night for you? I mean, everything we kind of knew about this team, the weaknesses that they had. Like this is a really good Eagles team. Okay, like mm-hmm. we can't forget that, right? That they are they're the number one seed. They went. Uh, 14-3 and three and only lost three games because their quarterback got hurt, right? They, they lost less than three games. And they have good coaching. So you saw right from the start the Eagles just exploiting what the Giants' weaknesses are, like what we know, right? Their offensive line, especially the right side, they just mm-hmm. crushed them the whole game. I mean, Daniel Jones was under pressure 64% of his passes in the yeah. first half, right? Do you know mm-hmm. that only one quarterback in NFL, at least – since we started tracking it at ESPN since 2009, has faced more pressure in a half than that's Russell Wilson in part because he holds on to the ball for a long time. Twice he did it. But uh, like that's how much he was pressured. They exploited their linebackers, right? The inside linebackers, we knew that was a problem for the Giants. The defensive line depth, the lack of weapons. I mean, did we see Isaiah Hodges and Darius Slayton against uh, Darius Slay and James Bradbury? Uh, definitely not. Those are not matchups. The Giants. Uh, it's not advantageous for the Giants. Those matchups, and 
we saw that really right from the start. Uh, you know, Bradbury got the pick. The Eagles ran the ball anytime they wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really just showed how far the Giants team needs to go before they're a real Super Bowl contender. Like, this was a nice run. Mm-hmm. But they got a long way to go before they're a real Super Bowl contender, and we saw that last night. Let me let me ask you this. In, in my opinion, you know, it, Daniel obviously didn't play well, but he had a lot of reasons not no. to. But I thought he kept his composure. I thought he was poised. I thought he was, you know, hanging in the pocket trying to make something happen. Um, he couldn't get to the edge, but he, you know, he was still, you know, giving that good effort. Um, to talk to me, what did you see from from Daniel outside of just the the numbers? Yeah, it wasn't his best game, uh, but the pressure was pretty relentless. They couldn't run the ball, and you know his guys aren't winning, so it's, it's that's just a hard situation. I don't think any quarterback's going to go in there and you know light it up and have the ultimate success when you're in that kind of situation. But uh, clearly, not his best game. But I think that kind of goes for everybody, right? I mean, they just could not block Hassan Reddick in that game. I mean, he was just every time he was in the backfield, it was it, it was it was evident to me that 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 wasn't going to change at any point during this game. So, uh, but you know, it, I think, and I it, you look at the Eagle fans, like, oh, you were never going to win with Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, I mean, if Jalen Hurts was in the situation that Daniel Jones was in yesterday, it would have ended up kind of like it did for Jalen Hurts last year when they played the Bucks and they lost in the playoffs. So I'm not gonna, I don't want to make too much out of it. What I do find interesting, and we can't completely ignore, was after the game, you know, Daniel Jones is a free agent. Hmm. And so when you ask Saquon, and so is Saquon Barkley. When you ask Saquon Barkley, you know, I've said it time and again, uh, I would like to be a giant for life, Saquon says. And then you ask Daniel Jones, and it was a very wishy-washy answer. There was never... Uh, yes, I want to come back. You gave him multiple opportunities to say it, and he didn't say it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's right after a loss, but it's just something to file away, and it's, it's interesting to think. Because remember, they denied his fifth-year option. We'll see what they do with the contract. It's going to be a tricky negotiation. Uh, so it just it just left you wondering what is the future of this team and how do they handle it? Because those are the biggest questions uh, facing the team right now. Yeah, I, th- I think um, hearing that, I feel like you know Daniel's, you know, finally got the um, uh, the upper hand in the negotiation, right? So he's he's finally got yeah. some some leverage, and I think this is a good time for him to to exercise it. I do think that it would be a mistake if they were to let him walk out that bu- building um, and try to start over, or even bring somebody else in who's who's unfamiliar with the system or who doesn't know. Um, yeah, it would probably uh, what, be what different about- if they had a really high pick, you know but they mm-hmm. don't have a really high pick. Mm-hmm. And you saw him have success. So um, I agree with you. I think I think it would be advantageous for this team to try and build around that and uh, build the team up better around him because right now it's just not good enough. Assuming assuming Saquon and Daniel Jones both stay, what else that needs to be done uh, to get this team to the next level? You said it, it was obvious how far away they are from you know being a Super yeah. Bowl contender. Like, what are the pieces? Let's let's say we could be fast forward and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley both resign. We're moving forward. Um, what pieces need to be fixed, and how do you go about doing that? I mean, they need a top receiver, right? You saw what happened in Buffalo with Josh Allen and Steph Diggs. You saw what happened with Jalen Hurts when he got AJ Brown. 
Joe Shea's got to get creative. How does he find his guy? How does he find his guy for Daniel Jones? Is it the draft? Is it uh, trade? Is it free agency? It's not a great year in free agency at wide receiver, but you got to find something, even if it's tight end as well. Like they don't have guys that are going to win one on one very on this roster. They just don't. They got to find more of those guys. Wondell Robinson comes back, uh, but you need they need a lot more in regards to weapons for Daniel Jones. They got to fix that, solidify that offensive line even more. Uh, they're going to need Evan Neal to play better. Uh, that, that you just hope that he follows the Andrew Thomas route, but that was a rough, another rough one for Evan Neal last night, mm-hmm. uh, just like it was for really much of the season. Inside linebacker to me, man, man, you know, they're starting Jared Davis and Jalen Smith. Uh, neither of them were on an active roster at the beginning of the season, so I mm-hmm. think that shows you where they're there. And just the depth of the entire roster. I mean, the Eagles are uh, – the Eagles roster is loaded, right? I mean, but mm-hmm. look at the pass rushers that they're bringing in just in waves. They're defensive linemen. The Giants have two defensive linemen in Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, who are tremendous. But you need guys behind them, right? Mm-hmm. They need to add to the depth of that position big time. And there's just a lot of work to be done. Secondary needs depth. Right, the cornerback position. Um, you could probably use more depth in the backfield with Saquon. I mean, there's just a lot of spots that the Giants need to address this offseason. Joe Shane has his work cut out for him, and he knows that. Trust me. I've spoken to people in the organization. They're very well aware of what this team is roster-wise. There's a reason. Think about it. Trade deadline. They got rid of a talented player at a position of need and added nobody. That mm-hmm. told you everything you need to know about where you think, where they think they are roster-wise right now. Everything they did this year was crazy. It was found money for them. But they know that there's massive personnel moves that need to be made with this team. Yeah, yeah, definitely some, definitely some, some big decisions need to be made and 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 will be made. Um, going back to what today is, which is you know trash bag day, as you called it. Um, what was what's the message? What's the message that Dave Ball's trying to leave with the team in 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 your opinion about this season? You know, Saquon Barkley said it best after the game. It was uh, it was a really mixed emotion, right? Because that was an awful way to end. Dable called it a crash landing, mm-hmm. uh, and that disappointing that they just got you know smoked. But at the same time, they did make a lot of strides. And so I think that's sort of his message there. Hey, we're building something here. We, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Uh, you know, we want you to be part of it. Like there, there was, they feel like there was something special with this group. Now, didn't lead to a Super Bowl, but it could be, I believe they think, the foundation for something more going forward, you know, adding reinforcements to that group. But I think that's the message then, hey, you know, we did something here. We won a playoff game. Remember, this is a team, Kiwi. I, mm-hmm. I know it's disappointing. And people are like, you don't want to get smashed like that. You don't want to get embarrassed. And, yeah, they did. They got smashed. They got embarrassed. The Eagles did whatever they wanted. Philadelphia owns them. There's no way, to, there's no way around it. They, they haven't won there since 2013. Every time they play them, pretty much the Eagles are crushing them. But at the same time, this was an organization, a team that had lost double-digit games every single 
year for the last five years. No team in the NFL had a worse record than the Giants the previous five years. So to have a winning record, to make the playoffs, and to win a playoff game is something, right? Mm-hmm. You can't lose sight of that. Like, that's reality, and I think Brian Dable knows that deep down. He, he's making that known to the locker room. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely know that, right? But to a certain extent, you still want to you, you, you want to poke that, that pin in their chest a little bit. Make sure that the guys who are coming back remember how it feels right now. You know, exceeding the expectations yeah. is great, but now the expectations get bigger. You know, what are your expectations for, for this team moving forward? Like, what, what are the expectations for next year? Because, I mean, we're, we're all happy with the way that this season um, went with the, except, with the exception of, you know, this final game. But you know how it is in New York, you know? Like, next year is, is a very important year for all parties involved. What are your realistic expectations for next year, given that they're able to re-sign, you know, the, the major two players? Yeah, next year's a different beast because, you know, a lot of things worked in their favor this year. They won a ton of close games. That's not something that is usually transferable, like over a long sample size, mm-hmm. right? Those things usually uh, even out in the end, and you kind of saw with the, you know, Vikings and the Giants in the end, like, yeah, they weren't great teams, right? You, you, you know, all those close wins, eventually when you play the better competition, yeah, doesn't really that doesn't really work, right? Um mm-hmm. So next year is really tricky because you look at the Buffalo experience for, you know, Brian Dable when he was there and uh, Brandon Bean and Joe Shane is that second year Buffalo had to take a step backwards mm-hmm. in order to try and get where they're going. And I know people are super optimistic right now. And the Giants are in a little different situation because they're probably not going to draft the quarterback like Buffalo had to do mm-hmm. with Josh, uh, Josh Allen. But at the same time, it could be a more difficult season. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that they have to take a little step back next year. They, they don't end up playing a schedule as favorable as this year. But a couple of those closemen don't go in their favor. They could easily be a better team, and I expect their roster to be better. But the results not to be almost as good. It's going to be difficult to, to repeat that. It's not just – I don't know that it's – my, my point is I don't know that it's an automatic – you know, rise. Like, okay, they took step one this year. Next year, step two, we're going to be, like, in the championship game. Like, it's mm-hmm. not it's not that easy in the NFL, right? Yeah, Especially they're still going to have to play Philly. Where the, where the Giants were. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, good stuff. Uh, as always, Jordan, we appreciate having you on. And, you know, rest up. Make sure you're ready for this offseason. We'll hopefully be talking to you again next year. Sounds good, Kiwi. Enjoy the rest of the season. It's been fun talking to you. You're doing Likewise. a great job. I, I, you know, you could you could tell, you know, it, it's just like playing football. You could tell the strides you make as you as the season goes along. You know, <laughs> absolutely appreciate it. Likewise. <laughs> That is Jordan Renan here on New York Game Day, ESPN 98.7. Stay tuned. Coming up, we still have Anita Marks with her take and uh, Mike Tannenbaum joining us later here on 98.7. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. I will say this, and and I know Mike Tannenbaum has said this before on the show, and, and that is you know, there are, are going to be a lot of a, t- a lot of teams that are going to come knocking mm-hmm. for Daniel Jones and his services. Mm-hmm. What, uh, and, and, and just full disclosure, like, I feel like he should stay here. Like, I feel like this is a great offense for him. He fits, he fits this organization, all, like, all the things as to why I think he should stay here. But do you think that maybe a, an offer comes in 
for him that's just too good for him to turn down financially and he leaves the Giants? What if he yes, leaves I don't, the Giants? I don't, I don't think it's necessarily financially. I think um, sometimes you got to take into account, you know, what their home life situation is and what their family situation is and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, the, the money might change, but it, it's it's the argument can always be made in New York that, you know, you have so many opportunities off the field and so many other things, other doors that will be open to you that, you know, settling for a little bit more money, you know, to sign with a team that has significantly less visibility or less of a chance to, to win or to, to make the main spotlight, um, you know, that can be overcome. So I don't think it would come down to uh, money. I think it, it would just have to be, okay, this is a perfect situation for something that we don't, you know, quite know right now. Because, you know, look, he, he he's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. He's put the time in. He's put the effort in. Um, to me, it looks like he wants to be a giant. He's, you know, looking to negotiate, you know, right now. But, um, the other thing I say is, listen, every, it's a business. Every man's got to make the, the best business decision for them. So if he does leave, I'm not going to be, I wouldn't be mad at him at all. You know, Giants had plenty of chances to, to lock him in and they didn't. Um, and if he wants to go, then, um, you know, I, I, that'd be the decision he has to make. I just, I, I wouldn't recommend that he does it because he's upset about anything, you know. 800-919-3776. Let's go to our calls. We have Will calling in from Hackensack. Will, good morning. Welcome into New York Game Day. Good morning. How are you? Uh, just All right. Well, make, uh, I want to make a quick point. Uh, well, mm-hmm. a question to you guys. Um, I watched the game last night. I'm a diehard Jets fan, but after that, I'm a New York fan. And the thing is, it looked to me like the Giants came out flat. And as the game progressed, I thought, thought it was the play calling. Now, in the fourth quarter, there were four, I think the third or fourth quarter, there were four and, four and six. Why did they punt the, the ball? They should have went for it. Thanks for taking my call. Kiwi, thoughts? Yeah, you can always point to, point to the play calling, but the reality of the situation is they they got dominated up front, um, both sides of the football, marching down the field, uh, scoring, uh, first possession, and there just there just wasn't an answer. So when you get caught in those situations, there's plenty of blame to go around. Could the play calling have been better? Yes. Would that have saved the game? Probably not. The only thing that would have saved the game, in my opinion, is um, you know you, you, I think the caller, you're absolutely right. They did come out flat. Uh, for whatever reason, they didn't seem that they had the same intensity. And there was a lot of confusion. I, th- I think it, it may not have just been that they were flat with intensity. It's not because they didn't want to play. But it looked to me like, especially on the defense side of the ball, there was a lot of questions about, you know, you know, gap fits and, you know, whose responsibility is what. A lot of conversation and communication and pointing after uh, um, the, the, you know, the ball carrier has been tackled or whatnot. So it just didn't seem like um, they, they were, you know, confident in what their responsibilities were, at least on the defense side of the ball. Let's go to Ryan in Milburn. Ryan, good morning. Hey, good morning. You know, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, Mr. Kiwi, I have to challenge you now. I'm, I'm a big 49er fan. And when he came in against Miami, you know, where Jimmy got hurt, I thought, oh, we had a disaster. But when he did what he did against, you know, because Miami got a pretty wide defense, when he did what he did against them, then he kept winning games. They won 11 games in a row. I want to challenge your analysis on something's missing. Once they try to hurt Debo, they boat raced him. They showed him who, who what it was. So I, I'm trying to figure out what you feel is missing. Just ex- experience, um, you know, in 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 those tough situations. It's just hard for me to bet on a young guy who hasn't been put in that situation before. I believe. When All you, right, let me stop you right there. Um, he's a he's a four year quarterback, you know, and Bill okay. Belichick himself said he'd rather draft quarterbacks in four years. He played a lot of football. That's not what that's not Zach Wilson. 
actually make the better the offense look way better than Jimmy ever did because he got mobility in the pocket and he got a sense for the pocket and he do good on the run. So mm-hmm. I don't understand. Thank you though. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my point is that we don't have enough data points on him to say how he's going to react when he's put in a situation where you know the ball is placed in his hands and he has to march down the field and win the game. You know, I think Dak Prescott, you know, has been asked that question fairly for a number, of, you know for a number of times and and he answered that uh pretty well last week and they do have a lot of momentum so when i look at these two teams the way that they're matched up it's it's about you know at the end of the game if you got to put the ball in one quarterback's hand which one would you rather it be 800-919-3776 let's go to joe in new jersey joe welcome in good morning oh hello how are you okay um uh i've I've never called but i've listened you know just every sunday and I just want to make a point, and I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is anywhere near as good as Daniel Jones. However, it looks like there's a different criteria. I mean, last night, you know, there wasn't much of a running game, although we still had Saquon, and the offensive line couldn't keep the uh, Philly pass rush at bay. And honestly, if you were just to be objective, he looked no better than Zach after um, Brees Hall went down an offensive line was banged up. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not down on Daniel Jones, but what I'm saying is I think it's very different. And he's a year or two less in the league. So I wonder if we use a different line when we look at Zach Wilson. But Mm -hmm. Joe, Joe, and and don't go anywhere. Please don't hang up. Uh, And I love that this is your first time calling in. and, And I understand where you're coming from. Here's what the difference is, Joe. We've seen Daniel – there's a large sample size of what we we have seen Daniel Jones thrive and do well against teams, all right, and and, and, ha- and do that in consistency. We have not with, with Zach Wilson. And, 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 and this isn't just our opinion. We had Rich Semini on earlier. Trust me, the ownership wouldn't be willing to throw out all the money that they're willing to do to bring in – a better quarterback, whether that's Tom Brady, whether that's Derek Carr, whether that's Aaron Rodgers, especially with Rich Semini filling, filling us in that they are cap strapped. And, and if they do go out and they bring somebody in like Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr, they're going to have, they're going to have to move some money around, especially after them drafting Zach Wilson, where they did. So this might be our opinion, Joe, but obviously mm-hmm. the org, the organization, the front office, they see it as well. This, this, this was a huge swing and miss huge. Um, but Neil, let me ask you something. If if Daniel, this is Daniel Jones's first fourth year, right? Fourth year, six. Wait, wait. Fourth year, sixth mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, sixth. Keep that in mind. Okay. And again, I'm not anti Daniel Jones, but what I'm saying is, if he had a fourth year, like his third year, and Zach has two years of which he's had a number of injuries, where would the Giants be right now if he had duplicated his third year wouldn't they be in the same boat as the Jets yeah I think they would be I think they would be talking about what to do with the quarterback position um if Daniel Jones and 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 here's here's another and Joe thanks for the phone call um what what Joe's saying is if, if 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 Daniel would have had a bad year this year and and Kiwi we've been working together for a while and I'm sure you remember this when the season began I said, I don't care about the win or loss. Giants aren't in, in this division with the Eagles. I, and I picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. I felt like 
their win-loss total didn't matter to me. This season was all about Daniel Jones. And and the Giants needed to make a decision this year. And are they going to move forward with him? Is he it? Is he the answer? And I think they've got their their answer in regard to what we've seen. What what the caller is asking is if 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 Daniel would have had another subpar season where he's like leading the league in interceptions, leading the league in turnovers, not having good pocket awareness, um, you know all you know all the things that we've seen him struggle with the last few years, then. What would the Giants be doing? He, I think our didn't. I think our conversation would be different here, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely, it would be different. But but he didn't. That's the that's the whole point. Right. And I I can't. I, I don't know. I don't know how you draw a comparison from um, Wilson to to Jones in in the under these circumstances. Uh, under these under these circumstances, I think they're they're completely different storylines. Um, I I'm trying to gather what the, what the caller was trying to say, but I think. Um, no, no. Daniel Jones and, and Zach Wilson are in two completely different situations. Um, I know we've got we've got a number of callers who want to get on board. I was going to do my locks of the week, but let's do this because because we we've got a number of calls. I'm going to continue to take the calls. Um, we've got uh, Mike Tannenbaum who's going to be joining us at the top of the the, the next segment. So I'm going to save my locks of the week for the next hour. Okay, and and just so you know. I went two and one yesterday. Um, so now I'm 42 and 18 on the season. So I'm still rolling it at, at 70, a little over 70% on the season, Four, 42 and 18. So uh, we were going to do locks of the week. This segment, this is typically when we do locks of the week, but I'm going to hold off. We'll do it on the next, the, the next hour uh, because we've got a number of calls and I want to get to you before we bring in Mike T. Okay. So we'll continue to take your calls. Let's go to Justin in Tom's river. Justin, welcome in. Hey guys, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, a couple, you know, a couple callers before. You know, the guy was complaining about the play calling and stuff like that. And, and you guys both played the game as well as I have. At that point in time, it's a divisional game. It's the third time they played. There's really no more surprises at that point. It's just X's and O's and who executes. And what it comes down to is talent. And the Giants at this point, you know, they, they were outmanned. Obviously, the Eagles are a much better team. They've had a great year this year. But the Eagles downright were just a much more talented team, and that showed yesterday. And Dayball, I really have to say, he is the coach of the year, in my opinion. He got a lot out of that team. That, that team was expected to go nowhere this year. And, uh, you know, I had a little quick point, too, that, that, you know, when you start doing the tea leaves, you know, it would be interesting if Lamar Jackson was moved from the Ravens, if the Ravens would be interest, interested in Daniel Jones, because it kind of fits what they, what they do offensively. If who? What team again? I'm sorry. So... If Anita, if Lamar were to be traded from the Ravens, if Daniel oh. Jones would be fit, fitting for the Ravens for them for them to go after, if that were to happen. Interesting. Uh, I I I do believe the Ravens and and uh, Lamar Jackson are, are going to. Thank you for the phone call. I, I do believe that they're going to work it out. Um, th- they've invested so much in that offense. In building that offense around Lamar Jackson, I, I just—it's such a huge investment. I, I see them working this out. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, welcome in. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Anita. Good morning, Matthias. Thanks for taking me. Um, just real quick, man. A Giant game. You know, it looks like the Eagles just kind of—they took the will away from the Giants. It's unfortunate they had a great run, good building block. 
But this comparison with Wilson and Daniel Jones, I mean, you can't even have the same conversation. Give me a break. <laughs> Wilson's one of the biggest busts in the history of the NFL, number two pick mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, but, but go, 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 going forward, um, I, I think the Jet, the Giants are headed in the right path. I think even though I wouldn't have punted on fourth and eight, I think Dable's an outstanding coach. I still have concerns about Salah. But as you had Rich on with the quarterback situation, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers coming to New York. I think he doesn't want to deal with the type of media scrutiny that you have here. Uh, I just think it would be a bad fit. And I think you got you got two other options. It's going to be Carl Garoppolo. But I do agree, you know, I think behind back channels, I think a lot of this stuff is done already, even though he's not supposed to, it's tampering. Um, I do believe that whatever quarterback they're going to bring in, they're going to have a big influence on what type of coordinator they, they plug in. And the bad part is maybe Frank Wright would be the perfect fit if you're getting a new quarterback. But I can't see Salah ha- uh, hiring a guy like Frank Wright because if Salah starts off slowly, Frank Wright may be the new coach at the end of October and Salah could be shown the door. Thanks for your, well, your phone call, Ira. Uh, Kiwi, your thoughts? Yeah, I want to first. I want to address the um, the play calling that when we're tied. But I think if I was involved with the Giants' play calling on the coaching staff, and and somebody had a question about the play calling, I would just put on the film and show them their defense in the backfield consecutive plays in a row, and ask them like, what what play do you design for this? You know, what play do you design for three of your linemen to get beat? You know, this is not a dig at the offensive line, but there there just wasn't a whole lot um, that they that they could have done in terms of play calling, in my opinion. Um, when it goes to, um, I also thought he was right on point. You know, the comparison between um, Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones just doesn't, in my mind, that they they don't even start to compare. Um, um, Baltimore, yeah, I think uh, that's another situation that uh, you know I'm hoping get work gets worked out. I think one of the main things there is that um, guaranteed money is at stake, and you know, watching around the league, I think Teddy Bruschi brought it up on on the, the broadcast yesterday, which is that, you know, that opens that up for the entire league. You know, we're looking at um, a league with 100% injury rate. You're talking about, you know, players who are often cut before their big bonuses, you know, kick into these contracts that are reported. Um, so giving players the ability to negotiate for fully guaranteed contracts, I think that's that's a huge step. And so it's bigger than just, you know, Lamar and, and Baltimore. This is, this is a, a decision that can send a ripple throughout the entire league. It's, it's the kind of change that, you know, people have been fighting for with the NFLPA, um, you know, for decades now. And so, um, so there's there's that component to it, um, which I which I definitely wanted to mention. But, um, you know, but then again, you know, just for Lamar as, as a player, as a person, he's he's earned it. You know, the the reason we can have this discussion is because he's obviously, you know, the the thing that makes that franchise what it is right now. Absolutely. All right, two more callers before we kick off our third hour, and Mike Tannenbaum will join us. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, sorry, got to make it quick, but wanted to get you on. Welcome in. No, or no worries, Anita. Just uh, I wanted to pretty much repeat the echoes of the sentiment because as I was talking to the call screen earlier, I think these fans are insane to think that Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones almost have the same type of trajectory. Zach Wilson, you as you knew, and I was very very smart with the women in football like Nina Kimes and yourself and all these other girls who knew that Zach Wilson was a bust and he had a big offensive lineman protecting him and he was playing backyard football at BYU. And there was no way he was going to learn the NFL. And it was almost insulting as me as a fan watching at home 
to hear that Justin Fields couldn't read progressions when this guy can't read a, a, a damn thing on the field. I'm sorry. This guy has just been horrible for the Jets, and he's been bad for my health. No. <laughs> I, I'm I sorry, Jose. I get it there, but I, I shy away from calling players bust because as far as a as being a human being and being dedicated to his craft and working, you know, he's he's made it. I said a long time ago that you know, being a first round draft pick or a high draft pick, that's a reward for figuring out how to play college football, you know. And but you, once you get it, then you still have to figure out how to play in the NFL and it's not the same game. I mean, yes, it can be similar and yes, you could put he could have gone to a school that could have prepared him better, but it's not the same game and some guys can come out of small schools with little experience and and make the adjustment and some guys just can't um but you know i i stopped short of saying oh he's a bust or he's the worst or, or anything like that because he still is you know a hard-working individual who made it to the you know you know the pinnacle of of uh of sports um but yeah but the the, the conversation is you know between daniel jones the conversation about daniel jones versus um zach wilson that's a non-starter all right, one more call. Let's go to Danny. Danny, welcome in. Hey, I'll get, I'll get it out quick because I'm going to get pressed for time. Three points. Mm-hmm. One, tip of the cap to Chad Henning. to sit on the bench all year to come out and do a 92 eight-yard drive mm-hmm. with the whole season on the line. Unbelievable. Number two, the Giants will be better served in the long run that they got smacked around yesterday because anyone who saw that knows they're not even close to the Eagles at any level, at any position, except maybe in, in, in any way. So they have a lot of work to do, and it was a wake-up call. It stinks when it happens, but for the long run, they'll be better. And three, do you think that they should have put Mahomes back in that game when he was clearly could not run and was even clearly having trouble throwing the ball and – and it was an injury potential. I'm not talking about the long-term injury potential, but he was suffering so badly that his performance, after you watch Henny, I mean, I know it's a tough call, but what do you think? Yeah, I was – and thanks for the phone call. I, Kiwi, I was I was shocked that he went back in the game. Were, were, were you? Really? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Get him back in there. Tape it up. That's – that's the, the, the majority of the players, you know, when you have an ankle roll, you first you tape it up as tight as you possibly can and you go back in and see if you can you know, still perform on it. I think they handled it the correct way in terms of getting him back and getting him x-rayed before letting him go back on the field. That way they could, they could rule out the fact that he's not going to do significant damage um, right away. But after that, you know, tape it up and, and let's go. I was, you know, I was impressed and, and um, you know, in all, like watching him go down the field with one leg. But, um, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with a, a lower limb injury going back in there after you've already done an x-ray and, and guaranteed that there wasn't, um, you know, a break. How, how big of a concern, as we both know, right, like, you know, your adrenaline's running um, during the game. So you're not feeling any pain, even if it could be the most horrific injury, but you're really not feeling it. What what do you think happens this week? How on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most concerned, how how concerned are you this week? Is is now you know that injury now? If especially if it's a high ankle sprain, we both know sometimes it's worse than breaking your ankle. Uh, this week for him getting ready for who's ever going to win between Cincinnati and Buffalo. Yeah, I think the tale is going to be told by the the MRI. So he's probably already in, probably already been seen. Um, and they they should be evaluating whether or not there are ligament where there not there is ligament damage uh, to that ankle, and then you know they'll develop a plan from there. Try to keep them off of it. Um, if there's no surgery or any any procedures required, um, limit his you know movement during the course of the week. Get him all the the different rehab possibilities that this league and medicine has to offer, um, and then you know you know, turn him loose and, and, and let him go out there next week. He'll definitely be 
um, uh, hampered by it. I don't I don't think, you know, after suffering like that, I don't know the significance of it, but I don't think he's going to be, you know, able to just go back out there in one week and 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 play normal, but uh, him at, you know, 70 75% is still better than most of the quarterbacks at 100. Right. All right, uh, quick break, and uh, we come back, and we will uh, be joined by Mike Tannenbaum. We'll take a tour around the NFL and and talk about what the latest is with the head coaching carousel that's out there. Uh, we'll we'll ask Mike about the offensive coordinator position uh, with the Jets, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll have him put on his GM hat and uh, and dive into all of it with us next. Uh, also, again, moving my locks of the week into this next hour so that's coming your way went two in one yesterday so i'm 42 and 18 on the season i feel i've got some really good plays that i really like heading into today's slate of games also we'll hear from todd archer coming up in the next hour he covers the dallas cowboys giving us uh, a look at this cowboys team as they get ready to take on the 49ers so still a lot more coming your way it's new york game day here on 98.7 espn